episode 12, Devils on the Rush. You have the fisherman here with Alex Chavancy. Alex, why don't you remind us where you can find yourself on the internet? Yeah, my Twitter is at AlexC underscore THW. And you can follow me there for all Devils coverage. We've got a tough and busy schedule here to close out the month. So there's going to be a lot going on. Stay tuned. Yeah. So let's uh, look. Let's look at the previous week. We had two games. We had a nothing burger with Chicago, and um, a highly anticipated matchup with the Islanders. Went one and one. Uh, two out of four points. Not the best week for the Devils, but not the worst. Let's start with the Chicago game. Would you see Alex? Yeah. So the Blackhawks game, uh, pretty simple stuff. Honestly, they're clearly the better team. It showed up in the scoreboard. Um, you know, I mean, the Blackhawks are just not a good team. Uh, they're not actively trying to win games. And you know, I thought that showed pretty much throughout the game. Jack Hughes was uh, a pretty ridiculous effort from him that game. He had that, you know, ridiculous goal where he basically took on the entire Blackhawks team and then set up Dougie Hamilton to open up the scoring. And then from there, they didn't really look back at all. It was all Devils from that point on. Uh, Vanacek had a pretty busy first period. I think he made 13 saves in the first period. Outstanding game from Vanacek. Outstanding game. Yeah, but then after that, after the first period, he just made 11 saves for the rest of the game. So they kind of made it pretty easy from him uh, for him. The, the Blackhawks power play is pretty good, but the Devils shut them down that game. It's really like the only way they can score. They're not a good 5-on-5 team at all. They don't really generate much of anything at 5-on-5. So pretty simple enough win for the Devils. Uh, that was a game that you have to win on the schedule just because there's such a difference between the two, you know, as far as the league standings, and you want to when you want to bank points early on in the season, those are the types of games you have to win. And Devils did that easily, so nothing too fancy about that game for sure. Yeah, no, not 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 so much. I think a couple points to note: Jack was ac- absolutely on fire that game. You could see him skating circles. I don't know if it was him getting a chance to play against Patrick Kane um, or, or the Blackhawks in general, but he's, he's always come to play against the Blackhawks. Um, if we, you know, look back to last year with the stick toss into the crowd and the crazy OT winner. And and then this game, uh, I forget the stat, but I mean, he, he's got a bunch of points, uh, tallied against the Blackhawks. So it's always fun to see Jack. Um, I'm not sure if it's, you know, the Blackhawks themselves are getting a chance to play against Patty Kane, who he's consistently compared to. And I think there was even another piece released over the weekend or this past week comparing him to Patty Kane, uh, Pucks and Pitchforks maybe, or one of our other friends uh, that blog about the Devils. Um, so, yeah, that that was one point that I wanted to make. And then the other was Dougie Hamilton. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was Norris Dougie right there. Uh, he was all over the ice, had ridiculous amount of shot attempts, uh, neutral zone turnovers that he forced, um, keeping the puck in the zone, running the power play effectively. Uh, a crazy night for Dougie Hamilton. I mean, he was almost like a fourth forward on most plays. Yeah, the Devils' shot attempts, like not just their shot attempts, just their five on five stats with Dougie on the ice for that game were ridiculous. Like controlled like eighty nine percent of the expected goals, and like a thirty to nine shot attempt advantage with him on the ice. Uh, I think his game score for that game was like the tenth best performance of the season among all skaters league wide. So yeah, it was a pretty crazy performance from him. That you know, I guess that's something that comes with the territory when you play a team like the Blackhawks, who are just not very good at five and five. That's like a prime game for someone like Dougie to kind of just take over. Um, like, there's not that many defensemen that could turn into game breakers, but he's one of them because of his offensive ability. 
It's also kind of funny because you have Seth Jones across the ice who signed a very similar contract to Dougie. And, you know, that's what the Blackhawks were hoping to get one last run. Let's load up with Seth. And the the difference between the two couldn't be further at this point. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a little ironic for sure because that was, you know, at the time people, those were the two defensemen, you know, that offseason, like who's getting Seth Jones, who's getting Dougie. And the Blackhawks decided to go with Seth Jones and, you know, things have kind of unraveled for them since then. But it was easy to see that that was going to be the case for the Blackhawks, just the way the team was built. They're just not contenders at that point anymore. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think Dougie kind of had that in mind, like kind of revenge game type of thing going on. He already played a season with the Devils. But, yeah, I mean, he just well, Yeah, I don't think it's a revenge game. And, I mean, it's just clearly obvious that there's just better museums in the tri-state area than there are in Chicago. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was even close. No shortage of museums to go to in New York City, that's that's for sure. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add on the Chicago game? I mean, that was the one bright spot in, in this week. So, yeah, uh, overall dominance and put away that game pretty quickly against a team that, you know, who who can surprise you? I mean, they 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 didn't they beat the Rangers and the Islanders? Yeah, I don't know. They lost to the Islanders. They got shut out by them. But before then, yeah, they had beaten the Rangers five two in Madison Square Garden. So, um, yeah, I mean, they still have like enough firepower oh, that was, up. Was the helmet toss game that was the Jacob Truba helmet toss game. Yeah, um, they got. I mean, Max Domi's having a pretty good season. Patrick Kane can still score on the power play at least, and you know the Devils. Um, I mean they kind of helped a little bit that Jonathan Taves wasn't playing that night as well so um but yeah I mean that kind of wraps up that game I think it's pretty straightforward you know there's not too much to say about that one I will say though we did not win the battle from the dot which is pretty disappointing especially since Jonathan Taves didn't play and Taves is like 62.9 percent from the dot this season absurd yeah numbers. but I think that kind of like shows that like face-offs uh, more so at five on five don't really matter that much. I think they're more important in special team situations when you kind of you have limited time. Like say you're on the penalty kill, you get a quick draw. Uh, you get a win, a quick win on the draw, and you clear it. That's like thirty seconds. You kill off right away. So and like same with the power play. If you get the win, the draw, you get to set up right away instead of having to chase the puck and regain the zone and stuff. So um, yeah, I think then you know it's like especially against a team like the Blackhawks, you don't really have to win face-off no. battle to to win that game for sure no no all right should we move into the sour subject <laughs> of the episode yeah friday night devil's islanders uh this one got ugly at points yeah it was a wild game uh we'll talk about how that game ended for sure but you know um yeah, I mean the Devils were it was easily the worst game they've had in a long time. Uh like I know Probably they didn't since the Capitals game, I would think. Yeah, I was going to say like they didn't play well against the Flyers, but the Flyers don't have any like threatening scores that can, you know, kind of take over a game when you're not playing well, so they got away with that one. But yeah, I would say that Capitals game that started the 13 game win streak after that. That's probably their worst game since then, which was what like a month and a half ago at this point. Well, I think what the I think what the Devils is is if they generally keep it within two goals, you feel like they have a chance to come back at any point in the game, right? Yeah. Um, but and then when it got to three, and then it got to four, and I'm like, eh, I think we might be out of this one. Well, like I know, I know that we came yeah. back to six four, which is crazy. But like, and, if, but if they kept it at five 
or four, it would have been a lot more realistic. I think the fourth one, it, it kind of when it, when it got to six two, I think it kind of got a little bit out of hand. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But also, like when they played, they played the last like seven plus minutes of the third period at six on five, and they got a goal and hit two crossbars. So they were just really a little. They were kind of like a bit unlucky in that regard. It's kind of funny because they've been generally yeah. getting those. Uh, yeah getting those uh, bounces this season, and here's one of the games they didn't. Yeah, and, like, the Islanders didn't have any control. They just weren't able to do anything with the puck. When the Devils were up 6-on-5, they basically had puck possession the entire time. They never got an empty net goal. They never even really got it. And a few kick saves and a beauty from yours truly, Jack Hughes. Yeah, that's what I was just about to mention. Like, goalie Jack Hughes made, like, a couple of saves, big-time saves, but otherwise the Isles didn't really get, like, anything close to getting an empty net goal so that was impressive um i'd never seen anything like that where a team just basically played six on five straight for like seven minutes well, that was a devil's team right yeah. like you know when you think of historically devils just like conservative hockey you know maybe we'll take i mean i remember what was it john hines like you, you would have to get at least to a minute he wouldn't even consider two minutes with a goalie out like he was the most conservative ever now you got Lindy just pulling them with seven minutes to go. It was kind of fun. I mean, kept yeah, no, interested. it was it was really fun. And like because I, the Devils could have easily tied that game up if they didn't hit two crossbars. I think it was Eric Halla hit one. The guy's still cursed apparently. And then Dougie Hamilton hit one too. Um, so I think like Jack I, even hit one. Yeah, it's um, possible. Maybe there's a third one. I don't remember. No, but I, I think it was because I didn't even think he hit it, but he hit the crossbar, and that's when it rang around the rink. Wait, um, I, mean, I th- I'm yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, he was on the wing. He rang it off the crossbar, and then it, I think it got past Dougie and went down the rink. And I was like, what is Jack doing here? Was that a pass? But then you see the replay, and it was actually a uh, – he ringed it off the Yeah, I, rem- I definitely remember one he hit off the crossbar earlier in the game uh, for sure. Um, I don't know. If, I can't remember if he hit one at 6-on-5. But either way, they got their chances at 6-on-5. So like, Well, you know, it's, it's definitely like encouraging, it. right, because they definitely yeah. got – their shit kicked in for two periods uh, yeah almost and and it's kind of shocking right because if isn't our what's our goal differential for the second period it's like north of 20 isn't it yeah it's got to be somewhere in between 20 and 30 at this point yeah so it's and it's an absurd stat because i like there's no one even close to that goal differential in the second period across the nhl and the islanders flipped the script on the devils in the second period and we got completely outplayed it was it, second period usually a period they can lean on and they just blow teams out not this game um but you know i think they you know they shook it off and came into a came into the third period with the right mindset uh be interesting to hear what lindy said in in the locker room between the second and third period but um definitely turned the switch on and played some pretty good hockey and you know experience something that most NHL teams will never experience with an empty net for seven minutes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, they're not, it's not going to be the first time they go down multiple goals in a third period. So, like, it'd be interesting to see if Lindy Ruff tries that again in the future. Like, hey, we're down two goals. I'm pulling the goalie with, I don't know, five minutes or, you know, same thing here. If they're down three goals, he does it with seven minutes again or even eight minutes. I think that's when he first pulled the goalie. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if that's like something they're going to keep trying when they face those kind of situations, I guess, game situations or like game I flow. Will kind of face determine. too many more of them, but to your point, this probably will happen again. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a long it's, season. I wonder if it's like, a, if it's a goals per minute thing, like does he think two minutes per goal or, or something yeah. like that? Or I'm, 
two and a half well, minutes per goal. It is an analytics thing. Like, you know, they, right. yeah, like when you're up, I mean, it depends on deficit. So like, you know, if you're down by a certain amount of goals, you have to pull the goalie at a certain time to kind of have a chance. Cause like, you're not going to get three goals. And like, if you're down three goals, you're not going to get them back in a minute if you're at six on five. So um, yeah, you have to like, kind of, you have to increase, you have to extend the game as long as possible. So that's why rough definitely did it with like seven or eight minutes this time. And they were playing well in the third period too. Like they had gotten themselves back into it at six, four. So like he figured out, like, it's like, like I was saying, like a game flow situation. He figured like, Oh, we kind of brought ourselves back into this a little bit. So like, why not? Let's, it's kind of like an effort. Like let's do it kind it of thing. Right really now. interesting. If they did notch it to five with like three minutes left, if one well, of I those... think that they would have tied it if they got it to five, because then the aisles would have been just shell shocked. And if they had yeah. like gotten it to six, five with like three minutes left, I think they would have tied it and at least gotten a point out of the game, which would have been amazing. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And you like to see the effort from them. Jack had like the longest recorded shift in NHL history since, uh, you know, the 07, 08 season, I guess when they track this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, and, and I think it's important to keep that momentum. At least they had some momentum going into this next game with the Rangers. It wasn't a complete, just, bulldozing by the islanders so hopefully um when i'm there on monday shout out to the other devils fans going to the garden on monday i'll be there but hopefully they can carry some of that third period momentum into that game and let's you know let's keep this one loss uh at that and 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 let's not let it snowball into two yeah that's for sure and you know i'm just checking twitter now because the devils are practicing and miles wood is on the ice for practice so Maybe he will so be available. That's kind of ironic that game. that hit took place after our discussion last yeah. week. What did you think about that hit? I thought it was a clean hit. Like keep that was like a kind of like the signature, like keep your head up kind of hit. Especially um, that yeah. deep in the zone, right? I yeah. mean, he was he was. Pro- would you say he was between the dots? I'd say he was between uh, the dots. Yeah, he was pretty close to it for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't see hits like that that often anyway and romanov is kind of that's that's whoa we got a guest i think here yes uh yes. yeah lucille has come lucille. And said hi lucille uh, back on the podcast once again yes, hi, lucille. Yes. special appearance episode special appearance with lucille. <laughs> um yeah but back to romanov uh, like that's just the type of defenseman he is too he's just like a physical kind of guy and he it was a clean hit and it was nothing uh, yeah, like, he played the wood. I was like, yeah. ooh, and, yeah. And, you know, it made it made the it made the tour on hockey, you know, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. and feel even, bad for Miles, but you know, it, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I anyway, like Ruff, kudos to McLeod though. He, he, yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna no say. Yeah. You saw the gloves fly off the stick, stick go, and he he went right at him. And and Romanoff's no no guy you want to be dropping the gloves with either. Um, I, and I think Lucille agrees as well. Um, <laughs> Romanoff's not someone you want to be dropping the gloves with, but kudos to him. He went right in there and, you know, took care of business. Yeah. Ruff even said in the post game, uh, that, uh, you know, after the Islanders game, obviously that he liked the, his team's response after that hit, which I agree with. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, uh, it's not like the, I didn't think the Isles are actually overly physical that game too. It's just that one hit that they, you know, it just kind of like stands out because it was so ridiculous. But no, yeah, I don't not- think they were overly physical. I think they beat us at our own game a couple. Yeah, times. I agree. They, yeah. they had a couple goals off the rush. Um, I thought yeah. the what would be Tech get pulled after the fourth? Yeah, the fourth after the fourth one. one. I didn't think he played. Rebound. 
I, was it a bad rebound or did it deflect off someone in front and he just kind of like didn't have a chance? The, the, I didn't... the replay I saw, I thought it was a bad rebound, but I could yeah. be wrong. Um, and, you know, that bad rebound left to a nice juicy chance for the Islanders and they put it yeah. away. Yeah, I mean, I thought um, he probably should have even come out of the third game. It was kind of obvious he didn't have it that night, which, you know, I mean, kudos to him. I think that was his first bad start since his first start as a devil, which came against the Red Wings um, in October. So, yeah, it um, was bound to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kira came in. He kept him in the game. Uh, I yep. think the sixth goal was a little bit of a backbreaker to my point earlier. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And you just got to pick up and, and keep going. Yeah, I agree. I think Akira is really good, which, um, I mean, he's kind of due for like a bad game at some point, but hasn't happened yet. So um, he's going to, I mean, we'll see what happens this week. I, mean, I see right now as we're, you know, doing this podcast and checking uh, Amanda Stein and Blackwood's practicing again, too. So it looks like he could be back. Uh, be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, uh, Akira was great again in relief, kept them in the game, like you said. And you know, they were due for a bad game like this. I mean, I thought, like, their puck management wasn't good. I thought their passing was a little off, too. They weren't co- connecting with passes like they usually do. So um, it is what it is. It was going to happen eventually. You know, it's like Ruff said after the game. It's, like, so hard to win every night in this league. And, you know, these kind of games will happen from time to time. Yeah, and, and you know, to your, to, to, to just add on, the giveaways in that game were 7-1 to one in favor of the Devils. So it was a sloppy game. And, and you could tell they, they weren't connecting through the neutral zone like they usually have or even yeah. getting out of the defensive zone where you thought they definitely should be. Yeah, no, 100%. There definitely wasn't their crispest game, and yeah, it'll happen. So just got to get it together soon because you got a busy week here this week, four and six yeah. nights, I think. So. Definitely. Um and with that, Lucille <laughs> has made her exit. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you know, she gave us some good thoughts on Romanov, so. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, Lucille. <laughs> All righty. Let's go into Alex's. Oh, actually, before we do that, I think um, there's a couple questions from some listeners that reached out offline. Uh, and Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Alex, where do you see the Devils in their rebuild? And not so much where do you see the team, and obviously the performance is there, but when it comes to the trade deadline, are we at a point where we're starting to ship some prospects for some top-line players? Um, do you start trading some first-round picks to strengthen this team? Um, where, where do you see the Devils at that point um, from an organizational structure? Yeah, so there's obviously still a lot of time until the trade deadline. I think it's very early March this year or somewhere around then. And, you know, we're only at December 11th here. But as we stand today, they should definitely be looking to get um, a top-notch scorer if they can for a playoff run because this team's good enough to make a bit of a run in uh, the playoffs. I don't know about Stanley Cup, but they could at least win a round or two. It's not impossible. Um you know, as far as like giving up your top prospects and your first round picks, um, I mean, it depends. I would definitely would not do that for a rental. Um, but if you can get someone with some term, and you know, obviously the name that Devils fans you know are kind of hyped about would be Timo Meyer, someone like that. That's someone who I would give up. You know, a first round pick. I would still have protections on that first round pick because the draft class is so ridiculous this year. Um, but yeah, I would. Consider it for someone like Timo Meyer. Um, if not, then like you know, I don't know where Alexander Holtz fits in with the team, just based on how they want to play. 
I'm not sure he has the pace to play in like in a really fast. Yeah, pace. that was my next question. What, where, where do you stand on Holtz right now? Is it send him back down to to Utica for for a stint? Uh, because these past couple games, although he did get a goal uh, against the Predators, the Predators, yeah, it's been pretty dismal, if I'm being honest. And RJ from Sparta has been banging this drum for a while, <laughs> and I quote, "He ain't it." Uh, end quote. Where, where, what are your thoughts on Holtz? Yeah, so I mean, he's definitely if he's like a part of the long term future with the Devils, he still needs to work on getting uh, up to. How do I put this? Like, he needs to work on his pace, and it's not just skating. I think his skating is all right, but uh, right now, I think the NHL game is still just a bit too fast for him. You kind of saw that against the Islanders. You, you see him thinking piece. too much sometimes with the puck, where he, it's just you know he's got to make a split decision. Uh, split second decision, and he and he's just not there. He's holding on to the puck t- too long sometimes, and getting it dispossessed, or um, just just a couple strides behind the play where he's not anticipating correctly, and and it's really showing, and it, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, and I think that goes on like on a game to game basis too, because I thought he played really well against the Blackhawks. Um, I mean, that whole line played pretty well against the, the Blackhawks too, but it's also the Blackhawks. Um, and then against the Islanders, yeah, I mean, the Islanders, they're not like the Islanders of Barry Trotz. They play a much faster tempo game uh, than them. And I thought the pace of that game was a little bit too much for him. Um, so, yeah, I guess it kind of ties the two questions in. Like, uh, if you're going to trade him for someone, you know, trade him for like Meyer, that would bring down the price of like a first round pick. You could probably get Meyer for like a second and Alexander Holtz since Holtz is a former top 10 pick and still only 20 years old. Like he's got a ton of value. And also because in his most recent update, Sarah Valley said that, um, you know, Myers price right now is even lower than the Brinkett's was um, at the, during the off season. We have to re-sign Meyer though, right? He's a, yeah, he's got that insane qualifying offer. He's a restricted free agent, but he's got that insane qualifying offer of like $10 million. So that would need to get sorted out. Um, because that's an insane qualifying offer. So yeah, we're not paying them that. Yeah. So now, do you think they could trade for Maya, re-sign him, and re-sign Jesper Bratt? Do you think that's both things are possible? Yeah, I mean, they got like they got like forty-eight million dollars in cap space um, as of now for next offseason, and some of those are UFAs like Tatar, John Janssen, Bernier, Miles Wood, Ryan Graves, Damon Severson are all UFAs. And they're not going to re-sign all those guys for sure. I mean, Bernier's career could be over, so we don't know what's going on there. I, you know, just kind of the way they play Damon Severson, don't really think he's coming back. I think Miles Wood could even price himself out of the devil's range. Uh, for Which would stink, playing. right? Because Miles has been through it thick and thin, um, and he's led the team in scoring before, and he's just one of those fan favorites, not to mention he's an absolute man rocket. Uh, so, you know, you never want to lose his performance on or off the ice. Yeah. So, um, that's going to be an interesting decision. So, uh, yeah, I don't think like signing Meyer and Brat really would be that much of an issue. I think they could pull it off, but yeah, I mean, if going back to the original question too, like I'm not giving up like top prospects for like a rental or something, um, you know, so if you get, bring it over Meyer, you're doing Holtz and a couple picks, and it would have to be he signs he resigns as part of coming over. 
Yeah, and uh, the same thing, it would be the same with the Brinkett, like, you know, the Ottawa Senators aren't good, so I don't, like, it would be crazy if the Senators just kind of bailed on Brinkett already, but that would be something to keep an eye on moving forward here, like, maybe he doesn't want to resign there, and he's like, I want out, so that would be something to watch. Yeah, he would come to Jersey, though. I, just, uh, I, mean, I he feel might, like Timo is such a better fit. He is a better fit, I think, for what they need. Um, someone like Brock Besser... Not having a good season, but the Devils have been linked to him before, so that would be someone to watch too. He still got some term left. Um, contract's a little problematic though, even though he has two years left after that. So those would be like those type of players would be the ones I'd be looking for to add uh, to the team. A little term, young, kind of fit in with the core, and they have a history of scoring. So, but rentals, yeah, I'm not giving up top prospects for like rentals. Um, that's not ready for that yet. Do you think a combination of Severson and Holtz would get you Meyer wrapped up? Um, maybe, but you know, Severson, uh, he's a free agent. I'm not really sure how much that would appeal to the um, to the Sharks. You know, I think they're going to try to be looking to get younger here because uh, they it's kind of obvious they need to re- rebuild at this point. So they're going to be looking for like younger assets to kind of move them forward. So I think they would probably prefer a draft pick. Uh, along with Holtz. Okay. Okay. Any other team news that we should probably address here? It looks like uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's pretty close to returning. Um, He's done full contact practices the past couple days. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, they're practicing right now and he's been taking shots, you know, before then. So I think maybe even this week we could see his return. It'll be interesting to see what Ruff has to say after practice today um obviously you'll be able to see that on twitter but yeah it looks like any games coming up in the next two weeks for him to get a start exactly so i think we will see him sooner than later at this point i could see his first start being friday december 23rd against the boston bruins i think it could be sooner than that honestly i'm thinking this week i know they got a game against the flyers again Uh, i think he could that would even be a good spot for him to come back so We'll That's see. True. That's a weak team, you know. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But he he does always pull out the magic against Boston for some reason. Yeah, that's true. And I wouldn't be – they played Boston twice once before. Yeah, the that's what I was break. saying. So maybe yeah. get him for that Friday game. Yeah, I could see that. I will be at the Wednesday game, December 28th, and I will be at the New Year's Day game, January 1st. Are they playing on January 1st, the day of the Winter Classic? Yes, Carolina, 3 p.m. matinee. That's a good one. All right, sweet. All right. I didn't even know that. I don't look that far ahead into the schedule, honestly. Alejandro, I am a planner. Got to check the C's. (laughs) Uh, Enough corny jokes for today. All right. Now to Alex's favorite section of the show. Stab tech. Oh, it's just going to be different every week at this point. Oh, it's going to get worse. Don't worry. Yeah. 100% 100% expecting it to get worse. So, um, all right. So for stat attack this week, I, uh, you know, obviously I think much has been made about the, you know, Nathan Bastion being out indefinitely at this point, um, the BMW line being broken up. So that's what the stat is going to revolve around this week. Uh, in 17 games this season, about 125 minutes together, the, the BMW line, you know, they posted all right metrics. Um, they had an expected goals percentage of 48.07%, which is a little bit underwater, but it's not awful. But still, they were 
uh, outscoring teams five to one when they were on the ice. Um, but since Bastion's out now, we've had Fabian Zetterlin on that line, and that line has been really, really good at five on five. It's obviously still a small sample size. It's only like 33 minutes because you know, they just haven't really played that much together yet since Bastion hasn't been out that long at this point. But got a Corsi percentage of 54.17%, and then their expected goals percentage is just a touch above 63%. So I think for people that were concerned about how the team, that line would fare without Nathan Bastion, right now they've looked really good with Fabian Zetterlund. And I think part of that is because Zetterlund is... It's kind of an underrated play driver. Just whenever he's on the ice, whatever line he's on, it seems like the team's doing well at five on five. So we'll see how that, you know, I guess keeps, I guess how they progress as the sample size gets bigger and if they can keep it up. But to date, they've been a little bit better than the BMW line. So I'm not really too concerned about them losing Bastion right now. Um, now yeah, my I question guess. to you though, Alex, is I know it might not be hurting that line, but do you think it's definitely hurting the other line, the third line? Um. Well, I think they're kind of the third line right now. The way Ruff has been using Cherry. Yeah, Cody. but you know what I mean. Is it is it hurting that other Boquist line? Because that line definitely seems to have taken a huge step back since Holtz has been inserted. Yeah, I think. It, no, I agree for sure. The, that line has not. It, it's been like a game to game basis because it kind of depends on how Holtz is doing. But he's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Uh, you know, I think there's no easy solution to that line right now, um, unless you want to call up someone like Tyce Thompson to play on that line. I think that's kind of a he would be a better fit for a line like that. But they're going to give Holtz a little bit of a run here to try to figure it out in the NHL. The thing is, their schedules are so tough the next like couple of weeks that like there aren't really that many favorable matchups for him. So it's going to be interesting. I would, to see I would one hundred percent bring up Tice. I mean, yeah, I thought that was pretty much the goal from the start of the season coming out of camp, and then he got that injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. Like there. I would almost have Tice on the BMW line, and then have Fabian on that yeah. third line. Yeah, you could do that too. I think Tice would probably be a pretty good fit with um, Wooden McLeod as well. So um, he's a good skater, and maybe, and maybe, maybe if we can just get half of a Thompson brother pop, uh, <laughs> that would be yeah. fantastic. Because you know, maybe Tage could s- share some family secrets there. Yeah, I mean, what Tage has turned into in just like a basically overnight is incredible. He just went from being like one of the worst players in the league to now he's like a top ten scorer. Okay, Jay Fresh shared his card, and it was like one. It was like the yeah, it was, 1% he was a one percent more. Yeah, 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 and uh, it's an incredible story. It's great to see. So, um, yeah, incredible cool. stuff. I mean, he's just yeah. fun. He is a true. He is the modern day power forward where. It's a massive guy with incredible hands, can skate out of a phone booth. His um, shot ridiculous too. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. his skill was all on display the other night. Yeah, so pretty crazy what he's turned into. And yeah, now, now, what, what are your opinions on him only playing three shifts in the fourth, fourth uh, in three shifts in the third period? Uh, they had, had they gotten up to nine goals already at that point, right? So but he was so close to the record. Yeah, I know. I know. Merrick was saying they should have gone for it. I listened to that episode of Thirty Two Thoughts. They should have. I. I mean, yeah. I think you kind of have to at least give him a chance. Um, you know, I don't really have like an opinion on it one way or another. Five, uh, five goals in thirteen minutes on ice is absolutely absurd. Yeah, I mean the Blue Jackets are really awful. So their goaltending is. Oof, oof. Didn't, they beat, didn't they beat the Flames the other night like four one? They came the Blue Jackets. 
Yeah, I think they bounced back from that awful loss. Well, it's good for them, but um, yeah, I didn't see that. But yeah, I mean, that was something else. It was 6 nothing after the first period. And I wasn't watching the game. Which I, was, I didn't even know it was on national TV until people started talking about Tage. I was like, why is this game on national TV? Yeah, TNT's got to get better scheduling there. Yeah. Hey, well, we got Florida and uh, New Jersey on TNT this week, I think. So, or coming up. Soon. No, twenty first. Twenty first. All right, yeah. So they, we got a Devils national broadcast coming up soon. So God knows what Biz is going to say about him. Uh, hey, listen, you know he's he said we were a bunch of fugazis, and because we were talking about the future, and guess what? They came out there and they've been one of the top teams in the league this year. So we'll I see after this little it. stretch. If, if, yeah, I mean, they, if they can if they can win sixty percent of these games coming up, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge thing for them. As long as they, yeah. it's not a yeah. losing streak. Yeah, I, I think they're built better to avoid these long losing streaks this season. But yeah, I mean, the schedule is so tough that you should definitely be expecting some losses here. Uh, they're playing yeah. quality teams; they're not going to beat everyone. All right, um, that is stat attack for this week. Uh, sorry, guys, I didn't come prepared. Uh, to put that I honestly. Honestly, no. You know what? I put that on Twitter. Like, I didn't find any stats that jumped off the page for me to reshare uh, on Twitter. So, you know what? Ryan Nowinski, do better. You know, other devils, people do better. (laughs) Like, that's your fault that I didn't have a stat to read. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's it's, uh, everyone else's fault. You do the prep work, right? Does Lucille have something for us, maybe? Yeah, yeah. She just wants more food in her dish. Um, (laughs) All right, let's go to Devil's Dungeon. Um, this is my favorite part of the week. So Devil's Dungeon, Alex, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm putting the whole team in the dungeon for that Islanders performance, just specifically oh, wow. that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they were bad. Though. Well, not the whole team. because you Jack. work on renovations for the dungeon? Is it big enough for the entire team? Yeah, I'm going to take Jack out of it and like, some of the top-line players, but I think their team effort against the, the Islanders. It was a tough week to come up with something because they only played two games this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that was like kind of a week. pretty easy. I was going to just throw Holtz in the dungeon. Yeah, I mean, you could throw Holtz for sure, but, like, and that's just because, like, cumulative performances. I think it's a little bit of bleeding from last week into this week. but he, Yeah, uh, like, even Holtz, he was good against the Blackhawks. So, like, I can't, like... He was okay. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Um, it's just, so, like, it just, he just doesn't pop, you know? Like, yeah, sometimes... he's, not, he's not a play driver. So, like, he's never going to pop. He needs to be on a line with people can, who can drive a line for him. So... Um, yeah, I mean, that team effort was kind of... It's not concerning because it was only one game, but, like, since they and got... They, and they picked it up towards the, the yeah, third Yeah, exactly. Um, and since they got four and six week, uh, four and six this week, you don't want any of that to linger into this coming week. Uh, you want to come out sharp, so hopefully they're having a good practice right now. I know Rupp yeah, said... Yeah, I mean, like Monday it. through Thursday, that's nuts. I mean, you got Rangers... Big rivalry game. And then you got Dallas, who has been on fire this year. And then you see the Flyers again, who you played like dog doo-doo against. So you got to come out tough in that game, too. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, two big uh, rivalry games, division rivalries. And then, yeah, Stars, I mean, everyone's talking about Jason Robertson this season, as they should be, because he's been ridiculous. So, yeah, big week. Um, and you don't want any of what you did on Saturday or Friday night to linger over into the new week. So you got to get it uh, that's why I'm putting them in the dungeon because you got to get sharp right away. Just kind of put that back and don't let it linger. Yeah, yeah, short-term memory loss. Let's yeah, exactly. New, new game, new game. And they better put up tomorrow because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be stuck in the blue seats with these absolute animals and we lose that game. 
Hey, listen, last I was there two weeks ago when the you know it was Devils Rangers, and there were a ton of Devils fans in MSG. So hopefully they show up again. Yeah, well, I have to go with my very misguided cousin, so we'll see how that goes. I'm guessing your misguided cousin's a Rangers fan. Yeah, among other things, but we won't. Oh, into okay. That. <laughs> Um, all right, that's the end of Devil Dungeon. Uh, Alex, who are your three stars of the week? Yeah, so tough one with you know only two games, but uh, first star or third star. I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Uh, third star, got to go with Jack again. Uh, you know he's really really good this week. Uh, both games, even the Islanders lost. Obviously, the ridiculous goal against the Blackhawks. He also had a really nice assist on the power play to just brat against the Blackhawks. And then that uh, assist to Dawson Mercer against the Islanders was kind of world-class stuff again. So um, give it to him. Uh, I could even probably move him up higher. But yeah, I'll stick with third star for now. And um, yeah, I mean, what you, there's no, he's going to be like three star, one of the three stars of the week, like pretty much every week. I feel like it's just that's how well he's playing at this point. So give it to him for sure. All right, and uh, who do you got at your second star of the week? Yeah, so second star, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm just kind of winging this one off the top of my head right now. Oh, and you gave me crap for not coming yeah. prepared. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm down on myself here, but I thought Dawson Mercer had a pretty good week. Um, yeah, obviously the goal against uh, the Islanders, but I think he's kind of made a bit of a difference on the power play, even though he's not necessarily scoring on the power play all of the time. You know, they put him on the, as a net front presence um, to replace Bastion, and I think that power play has actually been operating a little bit better uh, with him as their net front presence. Uh, just a little more skill there, too, so like he doesn't always have to kind of operate as a net front presence, but there was one power play goal, I think it was against the Islanders, where he set up, a, he had the screen set up, um, in front. Um, I think so. Yeah, Arlamov. Yeah, yeah. uh, so he's mm-hmm. making a difference, even though he's not scoring all the time. So yeah, I think it was. Um, I don't know. He did have a nice screen this week on the power play that kind of set up a goal. So yeah, he's been playing well. I think he's made a difference in the power play. And 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 I think he's been doing really well on Jack's line. I think he's he's yeah. really clicked as a nice wing option for Jack because I think those two are both young, skilled really fast players and and he's so pesky I, I love his game he's so pesky and he gets jack him and jack just force turnovers with their with their pucks with i mean with their stick skills yeah and you know i know eric Halla has kind of meshed well with them but at this point but i was that's when you kind of think about going back to that trade deadline question like where could the devils use a scoring winger that would be kind of like something right there it's like hall is a good player but you know i don't know if you want him long term on that second line wing we'll position. be interested but, to see when Palat comes back because i think a Palat, that's right that's true Palat yeah. hughes mercer line could be real nice yeah and i'm sure that's what rough is probably going to try when Palat comes back i would think probably a little bit after new year's so um yeah that's a good point yeah so all right and now let's round it off who's your first star of the week yeah so first star i gotta give it to dougie um because of that performance against the blackhawks but you know he was also olympic olympic dougie came olympic the 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 genes were there this week you could tell yeah 100 percent. and i thought even against the islanders you know especially when they were six on five he was kind of firing away there and creating some chances and uh yeah, Dougie looked like he belonged in the Norris conversation, uh, especially with that Blackhawks performance. Looks, He's very much looked like a top pair of defensemen this year. Yeah, I completely agree. He's he's really earning that paycheck. Um, and it seems like the guys really like like him too in the locker room. I know that's always been a 
I don't know if it's ever like definitively been reported on, but he, he seems to have not always gelled in the locker rooms that he's been in, whether it's been in Boston or the Hurricanes or uh, Calgary. But it seems like he's really found his his niche with the New Jersey Devils, and, it, and it's great to see. Um, my three stars of the week, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it going here. Um, I'm going to give the third star, and this is back-to-back stars for this uh, individual, Mikey McLeod. thought he had another fantastic week um, and really liked him dropping the gloves for Miles. I think that's the first time this season we've actually seen someone go after or step up and ring the bell after a big hit or something like that for the Devils. Yeah. So love to see that. Um, the second star of the week, I'm actually going to go with Dougie. Um, you know, I think well, I'm just flip-flopping your stars. Uh, yeah. I think Dougie, you know, obviously outstanding week, outstanding game against the Blackhawks. And similarly to like, that was like the first game he came and played with the Devils when he had that goal, what, yeah, that's 17 right. seconds in or something like that. Yeah. Um, another massive performance for him. So shout out to Dougie. Um, and, and I think he's, you know, I know he's not wearing an A and, and I just hit on this, but I really do think he's taking another step forward in, in leadership. Uh, as well so he's he's really meshing well with the team and the whole admin thing and that inside joke <laughs> yeah you, know, you kind of just don't do that if 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 he's not well liked off the ice right you're not going to do that with a with a grouch or someone that's not gelling with the team yeah i agree uh and then first start of the week and uh congrats on breaking another record because that's going to be the first of many records this kid breaks and that's jack hughes uh what an absolute superstar um I mean, the fact that he skated through four players and then had the vision to recover the puck and find Dougie on that goal was just superstar-esque ridiculousness. Um, you know, I think we're going to start to see this more, what, what we saw in the Islanders game, where you're just going to see, you know, Jack is going to start to command Connor McDavid-like, Austin Matthews-like ice time in these long stretches of we need to win a game, Jack's going to be on the ice. Um I mean, even down the stretch, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some, you know, you know, mid two thousands Penguins lineups where they just threw Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby on a line together and said, "Go figure it out." Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if we see like a Nico Hughes, Jesper, like late in the game, we need a goal. Let's put these three guys on the ice and see if they can do something. Um, and you know, we basically saw that for six minutes or seven minutes the other night. Um, with the three of them plus Dougie and, and a fourth forward. Um, so, yeah, Jack has just been lights out. Um, really love to see it because it's been it's been a while since this team's had a true, true superstar. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, he's got a shot at becoming the team's first 100-point scorer. So he's been ridiculous. Uh, outstanding. Um, and that's three stars of the week. Alex, do we want to get to one last uh, Devil's Twitter hot topic? Mm, yeah, perhaps. What is it? The article about Scott Stevens that came oh. out of the Athletic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I read the article. Um, you know, I, I thought it was kind of funny that article uh, was like about obviously his, you know, his. Uh, how do I put this? You know, his his reputation or like his um, just kind of like becoming grainier, and then everyone interviewed in the article was like, "Oh, it was different times. Like, can't hold it against them." Which, like, yeah. You can't. It was like the game was so much different 20, 30 years ago. Like, 
that's well, just the way it's crazy that he never got suspended or anything like that or penalized for any of those hits. They were always deemed legal. And I think someone else put a stat out that he, in his career, he only had like three or four minor penalties for elbowing, which is yeah. absurd, right? Like that's absurd to think Scott Stevens only had three or four minor penalties for elbowing. That's, yeah. you know. I mean, today he'd be getting suspended left and right, but like, you know, that's the way the game is today. It's not how it was. Yeah. And- the 90s and the early 2000s but he was also supremely skilled i mean he was an outstanding defenseman i mean he He had a couple 60 70 five seasons north of 60 points five seasons north of 60 points and two seasons north of 70 and this is a team that played the damn trap i mean that's absurd absolutely absurd i think i think it was a little bit of a hit job i understand the point he's trying to make but to, to really underplay the the supreme skill that scott stevens brought on the ice um, was definitely an injustice. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that, and like, I think Sean Fitzgerald's like a Toronto Maple Leafs, like not a Maple Leafs fan, but he's from Toronto. So I saw like some people saying like the Toronto, you know, bias or like uh, not forgiving Stevens, you know, for the Maple Leafs uh, series back, whatever that was. Um, 2000. Yeah. Right. So Devil's insider post the hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little bit, it's definitely too much revisionist history, especially since that article, that's like, not that article, that that article specifically, obviously, but they're doing like the top 100 players of NHL in all time. So like, that's kind of the angle you're taking for it, I think is a little bit misguided. Yeah, I don't think that's the angle you should be taking for a list like that. So, and it, like I said, it was funny, like Bernie Nichols and like a couple of the people that were interviewed in that article, were like, oh, you know, I don't hold any ill will against them because that's the way the game was back then. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah, I mean, no one's going after like Clark Gillies or anything like that for being, you know, just crushing people on the ice or Bobby Clark or anything like that because they, you know, they were the, the quote unquote tough guys of their era, but you know, th- I think the the thing about Scott Stevens was is that he was a tough guy, but he was also more talented than ninety percent of the people on the ice too, which was which was you didn't see that very often back then. I mean, he was the first of the Chris Prongers. Yeah, and like obviously it's bad that he gave people brain damage, but like you know, just just like you can't. It's I I'm not a fan of revisionist history with anything really. It looks like you have to. Be conscious of like what the is time is. Him that gave like, people brain injury, or was it the rules of the game that allowed for that type of stuff? So I mean, yeah, is you it, could is argue it, that as well, um, right? For like, sure, he did everything yeah. within the letter of the law. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, what he was doing back then wasn't illegal. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, so that's why I, I don't like the tough. angle that you're taking with like an article like that. I think it's kind of it was lazy. Yeah, it was. A little, yeah, for sure. Especially once like. You, like the whoever you should be honoring the top 100 not taking them down yeah and especially since you, the people you interviewed in that article were like yeah we don't really care you know i mean like you know this is definitely i think that was from an right. nhl players association standpoint he was the first million dollar contract so if anything he should you know he should be celebrated from that angle too yeah, and so uh, yeah, I agree with that as well. And you know, I think that's I, Devils fans are definitely right to kind of like just dog on that article. It was dog. Kind of, I mean, they, it was like yeah, trying to be March. They were going to be light polite, that guy but, up. Yeah, 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 I'm trying to be a little polite here, but yeah, they they lit him up. That's for sure. Uh, all right, 
Let's, um, I mean, we, we kind of touched at the week ahead. We got a busy one coming up. We've got yep. four games uh, at the Rangers, at home against Dallas, at home against the Flyers, and at home against Florida. We've played the Devil, uh, we've played the Rangers and the Flyers already. First time we'll see Dallas Stars, first time we'll see the Florida Panthers. Um, I don't think we really need to touch on the rivalry games. I think we know what to yeah, expect there. Exactly, um, yeah. Dallas, let, let's get into that quickly. We got we got one of the hottest players in the NHL coming into town with a new coach, um, a former Devils coach, and Peter DeBoer. What? What? Do, I mean this this should be this should be you know popcorn eating type hockey. Yeah, this is one of the games, and I wouldn't have said this before the season, but now, obviously, things changed. One of the games I'm looking forward to most on the calendar, because I love Jason Robertson as well. I think he's a legitimate Hart Trophy candidate. Um, at the same time, too, like the Stars, uh, I think it was Jay Fresh who posted it earlier this week. There's a pretty big discrepancy between their public expected goals numbers and their private expected goals numbers. So I'm kind of interested to see if they're actually as good as their record and i think there was the public oh so the team themselves think they should not be scoring as many goals as they are so private models aren't necessarily from what the teams are they're just kind of like private companies like stat fleets and sports logic iq like yeah yeah, i think some teams use these companies but um yeah i think there's um there's a pretty big discrepancy and i think it was the private numbers that are saying they're not as good as their public numbers so i'm actually interested to see if they're actually as good as they are um hopefully they always come to play but i mean it is the back half of a of right a, of a back-to-back and yeah, the devils have done well uh i don't know how many i can't remember off the i top think of they've only head. had one so far this season and i think they that was won the red games, wings but that was yeah. on the that was on the yeah. 13 game winning streak though yeah that was the red wings game i remember where they lost to the caps and then they came back the next night and won like 6-2 and that started the 13 game win yep. streak um so i'm interested to see the stars especially since they play kind of like the opposite style of not the opposite style of hockey of the devils but they definitely don't play a, a rush kind of like based uh you know, they're not a rush-based team. That's not the way Pete DeBoer operates. They're like heavy. Their offensive zone uh, plays heavily reliant on like point shots from their defenseman. And you know, Miro Heiskanen is they got a defenseman who can lead the charge in that regard. So, uh, be interested to see that they have a lot of young talent just in general. Um, you know, Wyatt Johnson looks like he's going to be a really good player for them. Uh, I mentioned Heiskanen and Robertson, obviously. SL, um, not SL, and that Rupe Hintz has been really good too. So. Um, should be a fun game. Uh, you know, they're a good team. The, the Western Conference is also not as good as the Eastern Conference. It'll be interesting to see if they to kind of just kind of pad it up some points playing because they play in a week of conference. So interesting matchup for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then we'll have the Flyers on Thursday. Um, I'll be in attendance. So come shout out uh, if you find the Fisherman. And then on Saturday, we have the Florida Panthers and... Alex, is Saturday going to be the first game we watch together? Uh, yeah, it's actually possible because I got to see on the weather right now. They're saying it could be a big snowstorm at the end of the week. But yeah, it should be if there's no ridiculous snowstorm at the end of the week. Yeah, it should be. We should be watching this in person. Oh, fantastic. So uh, uh, we, I, the Fisherman is hosting a World Cup party this weekend in redacted location. Um, so I believe Alejandro will be in attendance. Um, yeah, so, hopefully rooting for my Frenchies. 
Yes, so you will be coming down on the Saturday night, and hopefully we can watch the Florida Panthers-New Jersey Devils game. Yeah, 7.30 start. It's the 7.30 start. Let's go. Primetime hockey on Saturday. Yeah, is that a is that a local broadcast? Is uh, yeah, MSG. Yeah, it's a local one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's an interesting game, and because the Panthers have been underachieving to this point. New look, uh, new look Panthers, new look Devils. Um, and it's almost like this is the Devils are almost like the Panthers of last season with yeah. uh, the style that Bruno has brought. Yeah, I was going to say Andrew Burnett revenge game here. They're just going to let him coach this one from behind the bench. Yeah, I think. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the Devils will come to play and they'll win this one eight one. So you heard it here first, Pam. Eight one win. There you go. Um, especially if Bobrovsky is starting because he's been absolutely awful this season. Uh, like you got a save percentage well below nine hundred. I think it's sort of like eight eighty five or something like that around there. So. Yeah, that's kind of the reason they've been underachieving this point because they've been splitting starts between Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky, even though Spencer and Knight's they have been no depth on D because they're yeah. playing their starting goaltender ten million dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. And you know they traded away um, what's their his best name? defenseman. Yeah, Mackenzie Weger to get Hubert up. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Is Ekblad back? Is he still injured? Um, I don't. I never know with him. I, yeah. I never know because he's always he's such a great player, but he's always so injured. Yeah, so if the Devils give Bobrovsky that game, definitely winnable. Um, Spencer Knight, on the other hand, has been really good, which makes you wonder why they're kind of not leaning into Spencer Knight at this point. But yeah, they've been underachieving because Bobrovsky's kind of. I know ten million dollar. I know ten million reasons why they're not leaning into Spencer Knight. Yeah, there you go. Um, even though I know he's got a ten million dollar cap it, but like that team, I'm looking. I was looking at the standings last night, and you kind of look at the way their things are shaping up right now. It could be five teams from the Metropolitan Division if the Panthers don't get their act together. Um, so they should probably be leaning into Spencer Knight at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right, Alex. Any other points you wanted to touch on before we wrap up episode twelve? Uh, no, I think that really covers it. Let me just check Twitter to see if we got some quick practice updates, but, um, yeah, no, it doesn't seem like, and you know, the lines are still the same from the looks of it. So, um, yeah, that's it. That covers it. All right. Well, hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Uh, we will probably be recording next Monday uh, due to yeah. the World Cup game. Yep. Yep. So we'll, we'll probably be a day late on our recording. Uh, outside of that, I hope everyone has a great week. And it's a big week for the Devils. So go Devils. Go Devils.